0: on CityCast Madison. It's food o'clock, my friends. Like any good city, when lunchtime hits in Madison, you can find some top tier food carts from food traditions across the globe. But how do you become a food cart vendor? It's actually far from random and quite the affair. All carts downtown are judged in a long list of criteria, ranging from their food's freshness to the swagger of their cart. And did you know that we have official food cart taste testers? I want that job. We sat down with Megan Blake Horst, Madison's street vending coordinator, to get a crash course on just what it takes. It's Thursday, March 30th. I'm Bianca Martin, and here's what Madison's talking about. Megan,
1: hello. Hello, thanks so much for having me.
0: Of course. So let's say I wanna open a food cart in Madison. Where do I start?
1: Well, it's a little bit of a chicken and an egg when we get started. Um, You wanna reach out to the street vending office at the city of Madison to determine where you can do business. And then at the same time, you do need to reach out to the health department to get all your um, licensing for your service base or your base kitchen, where you cook out of and store all your stuff, and then uh, for the mobile card itself. So um, they'll get up to two to three licenses from the health department and one to two licenses from my office. It just kind of depends on the goals of the food card operator.
0: So is it a lot of paperwork then? Yes, <laughs> but starting
1: any business is a lot of paperwork. It's, it's sort of the deal with having to start a business
0: (laughs) so how much does it typically cost
1: that's going to vary again based on what the food cart is selling and where they want to sell so the health department looks at the risk you know and i say risk meaning like popcorn is less risky than sushi you know when we look at a foodborne illness perspective and then so that's going to vary on um the cost for your health department licenses, and they also look at annual gross sales. So when a new card is starting, that's a little tricky, but um, they're really experts at helping you guide through that and what that first base amount would be. And then vending, it's gonna depend on where you wanna operate, and it's gonna be anywhere between $250 to upwards of $2,500. So it really just depends on your vending goals. First and foremost, the size of your food (laughs) cart, because that's going to determine where you're able to operate.
0: So it sounds like I also couldn't just pick a random corner and set up.
1: Well, you could. Yep. That's going to be the lighter, quicker, cheaper um, model. But outside of our downtown area, um, we have a lot of high density vending zones that you need additional licenses to operate. So citywide, if you're looking, you know, on the far west side or far east side, you can vend in lots of those areas. By having all of your licensing and just pulling up and vending. Um, If you want to be downtown around the Capitol Square or in State Street Mall, you have a lot more process to go through.
0: Got it. That makes sense. More competition, too, I suppose.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Speaking of competition, (laughs) I understand there's a, a jury system for deciding which carts can be on the Capitol Square and Library Mall. Why rank the carts?
1: Well, that helps us determine placement and who gets to choose their site first. So um, in order to vend in the mall concourse, that's the area that you referred to. So the Capitol Square all the way down State Street into what I call State Street Mall. Most of the world calls it Library Mall Um, and a block to two blocks off in each direction. That's our mall concourse. And it is the most highly regulated zone in the city. And you also have university property and state property sort of all rolled into that space. And so we have a high demand for that area. And in order to manage the demand, we have this food cart review that happens every fall. And the first part of the review is where the food cart, we make sure that they hit all of our requirements, like they have their health department licensing, they have insurance, they have a street vending license so they can operate, We also have personally prepared rules. So all of the food must be personally prepared and handcrafted. Um, It cannot be mass produced food. Uh, So we have to look at those. And then additionally, all the food vendors can only be 56 square feet or smaller to operate in that area. Because all of those vending spots are on the sidewalk or terrace, they are not in the roadway like on a parking stall. Uh, So we have to make sure they fit all of those requirements first.
0: Mm, That makes sense. It's nice to know you have to be making your own food. Like you can't sell Taco Bell or or Culver's out of your cart. Yeah,
1: correct. Yep. So um, it is really looking at how do we support our micro businesses and a lot of our food cart Are independent operators, they are micro-businesses, and uh, it is part of how we create and maintain this unique factor of our downtown. It's one of the factors. It's not the only. Our brick-and-mortar businesses, of course, make up a big chunk of that uniqueness of our downtown core. But for the food vending perspective from the food cart operators, they must meet those bare minimum requirements. Um, In order to operate. And then we go through the annual review, which even if you already have a license, you still have to go through. It's not just for brand new food carts. It's for everyone goes through it every year. We want everyone to make sure they're keeping up to high standards that they're maintaining all of their licensing. um, They're having good Positive businesses out there. So we go through the review and then we add in, um, once we get all those scores, we have actually a group of about 30 volunteer reviewers that are community members at large that uh, do the review and provide us with those scores. But once we get through that month long process, um, then we add in our seniority points. So a vendor gets a year, a seniority point for every year they purchase a license then we add in those points to determine who gets to choose their site first. And for the food card operators, that is the most important piece of the review is it determines who gets to choose their site first, and in which order that happens. So it's not a free for all, everyone gets a site assignment for the whole vending season, which in my world is April 15 to April 14 annually. So we're coming, coming right up. Yep. Um, Here being at the end of, of March.
0: Um, well, I heard something about community volunteers are part of the judges. So could I be a juror?
1: Potentially. Assistant? Potentially. Yeah. So we um, in July, I believe we open up our applications for food cart reviewers and that is a community member at large. You can apply. We have a, a set of questions that we ask and then I on the back end put it through a rubric pull out the top 30 they learn how to be a reviewer, they learn what their requirements are, they learn the exact same thing that the food carts learn. Um, So we make sure everyone is on the same page and there's no surprises. And they have to make sure they have the availability during the month long review. Um, And it is a lot harder than one might think eating from 30 to 50 food carts in a 30 day period is work because you have to be there when they're there, not just when it works for you.
0: Yeah. Coordination sounds like a lot. Um, But also the idea of eating the different foods, food offerings is pretty exciting. And I looked at the, the rubric for what, you know, the food carts go through. And it sounds like, you know, quality of food is certainly a part of it. Also the aesthetic. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like what are what are the food carts being judged on?
1: Yeah, they're being judged on all of that, really the whole package, right? It's not just that their, you know, food is meeting all the health code. It's that it's also providing opportunities for our micro businesses that are from all parts of our world to be able to show their community and their connection and their culture through food and through their business. And so, um, you know, customer service is important. Cleanliness is important. Design Uh, We want them to be aesthetically pleasing and interesting and that their menus are understandable, that people can look at them and know what they're getting. They know how much it costs, Um, you know, really the whole package.
0: I'm getting excited for warm weather. (laughs) And it's been a minute since there's been warm weather and, you know, a lot of the changes that the restaurant industry saw during the pandemic. How many food carts do we have in Madison?
1: I think, well, we're in the process of licensing everyone right now and I'm getting applications every day, Uh, but we're at about 65 uh, food carts throughout the city. About 35 of them are downtown. And then we have a couple over in our Southeast Campus vending area. And then we have a handful that only come out like on game days for game day vending. Um, we have a few that vend late night. We have only three that are in our late night vending area.
0: Yeah, I was I was going to ask about the pandemic and any impacts that you have seen, at least in the past couple of years and maybe what you're already seeing. How has it changed the food cart scene?
1: You know, in one way, it didn't have an impact in the fact that they couldn't operate, but what they couldn't do is they couldn't get into their base kitchen and share it at the same time, you know, and their staffing disappeared. Staffing and supply chain have been continually two of the biggest challenges that I've seen food carts face. So they have a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of community that is really interested in having them. They don't have the bandwidth to be out You know, seven days a week, 24 hours a day. You know, they need a moment, they need to do their books, they need to, you know, see their family (laughs) and and operate in other ways. So, and many of them don't just operate out of their food cart as their single revenue stream. Many food carts also have a restaurant, perhaps, and they've turned their attention to their brick and mortar and not their food vending anymore. So they've had to bring all of their staffing in-house, or maybe they shifted to catering and that's taken off. And so we're seeing just a shift in that the city did try the city of Madison tried to put together some new opportunities. So we're looking at our carts and parks and opening up city parks to food cart vending in different ways, and really trying to connect with our community and residents and neighborhoods. And they're wanting to do food cart nights and things within their, their neighborhoods. So really trying to increase the amount of opportunities throughout the city and not just focused in our downtown core.
0: Yeah, I've seen um, some pop-ups too, some pop-up carts near restaurants away from the downtown core. And I've, I'm just thinking about late night in general and how that, I feel like, took a hit across the board in the hospitality industry. But I do feel like that's kind of a part of our cultural scene is having a strong late night. You said you've got a few late night carts. Is that something that we could do better or have more of, or what? what are your, what's your take there?
1: Yeah, well, late night vending is an interesting um beast <laughs> side of, it is an interesting side of vending absolutely what what I think of when you say late night vending what comes up in my head is what is our designated areas in the downtown core and that's Thursday Friday Saturday from 9 p.m. till 4 a.m. that is what I see in late night vending and so downtown we have assigned spaces but I guess it's coming up on five years ago uh, the city put in a moratorium for numbers of late night vending licenses that can be issued And that we are to look ahead to revamping how late night vending is in downtown and where that vending location will be.
0: I would be one of those late night people, maybe, perhaps. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's important for us to know, like, who is that demographic that we can reach out to to get input and feedback on and try to build a program that is going to benefit our community and the food carts. Um, And it's safe from like cars and other things that tend to be a different challenge at three o'clock in the morning, then at two o'clock in the afternoon. So
0: absolutely. Why is there a moratorium?
1: It was to um, allow us opportunity to revamp that and not have additional moving parts in um, and adding and taking away. And quite frankly, it is very challenging to find a location in the downtown area that you can put a food cart where people go, you know, because of where they are going. It's Higher traffic, you have more people on the sidewalk, you have different density levels and traffic flow, and it's it seems like a surface, like an easy thing, just put them there and be done. But the reality is there's so many more complicated factors from safety. Um, and like we said, the safety concerns are different at two or three in the morning than they are in the afternoon. And the way that people operate is different. So you know, that's downtown. Now, if you're in a commercial zone outside of our downtown core, you can vend 24 hours a day. Um, you can vend in residential neighborhoods from 6 a.m. till 9 p.m. So some people's vision of late night is different. It might be midnight. You know, mine is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, 9 p.m. till 4 a.m. <laughs>
0: Well, it's, it's really heartening and exciting to hear how much focus is being put on these are micro businesses and people who might not be, you know, might not have the capital to start somewhere, but might have fantastic dishes, like, you know, maybe they're not from Wisconsin, maybe they're not even from this country, you know, immigrants that bring fantastic food recipes, like, one of my favorites was fresh, cool drinks, you know, uh, down um, in Library Mall or State Street Mall, <laughs> as you would call it. But could you talk about some of the, like, what are the longest running food carts in Madison
1: like who are some of the food carts have been around for a while yeah um well fresh cool drinks is one tui and her family they've been around for a long time and they um, have great uh, items down on state street mall and they're on the capitol square on saturdays
0: talk about good service
1: yeah oh tui will remember you for sure (laughs) um there was just a great uh, documentary done on her so you could check it out it was by a uw student it was really great so uh, Caracas Empanadas has been around and they recently opened Caracas Arepas. So they have two food carts. Let's see. Oh, China Cottage. They've been around for a long time. Natural Juice, uh, Circo. Mango Man. Oh, Mango Man. Yep. Yep. Are
0: <laughs> am hearing about him. Cafe Costa Rica.
1: Yep. Yep. He's uh, been doing a lot more catering Um through COVID, so we're hoping to see him out again.
0: Yeah, speaking of changes, um, do you feel like there are any food types that are missing from our offerings? Like I love Jamaica, for instance. <laughs> I know, you know, things have changed, and that's not available.
1: Yeah, we do have two Jamaican food carts, though. That want, that'll both be in uh, State Street Mall this year. Um, David's Jamaican and um, MJ's Jamaican Kitchen. So that's exciting. MJ's is relatively new on the scene, at least um, from a food cart perspective. David's has been around for on and off for a long time. So um, what is missing? You know, I've started to see a lot more applications for breakfast food carts recently, because I think breakfast has been a demographic that has been missed. And if you love a good egg and cheese sandwich, then you would love a good breakfast cart to come out. Absolutely. Um, it, it also serves a different need, especially for events or neighborhood gatherings, Um, where they might be wanting to gather in the morning or it might be a morning type event. So that's that's something that I haven't seen a lot of crepes, you know, sort of that.
0: I just had one this morning.
1: (laughs) Ah, yum. Um, I've recently traveled to France. So that's something I guess maybe that's in my um, my mind's eye. You know, I, I feel like there's lots of things that I just don't even know about yet that I I am excited to see how people come forward with with their experience their history and their culture and bringing that forward because you did hit on it. uh, Food vending, we have a huge number of our food carts are first generation immigrants or people of color, women, LGBTQ, you know, identifying in some of these protected classes, it's a huge part of our culture and a part of our story and what makes Madison such a unique community. Um, And we have the opportunity to let people shine out on the street, um, out of their mobile units and really tell their story.
0: Well, Megan, thank you so much for shepherding that process for all of us here in the city and taking the time to tell us about how it works. And if someone wants to get involved, they have some steps.
1: You bet. And if you're a community member looking at how you can get a food cart in your area, don't hesitate to reach out as well. We do have a list that we share publicly when people are looking for different things, whether it's a wedding or catering um, or a neighborhood event.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. That's Megan Blakehorst, Madison Street Vending Coordinator. And here's what else madison's talking about james beard award nominees three of the nominees for best chef in the midwest are from madison francesco mangano of osteria papavro and itaru nagano and andrew Krager of fairchild congrats y'all and chef's kiss plus this saturday april 1st the river food pantry is hosting a drive-through curbside breakfast featuring none other than the Easter Bunny. Your whole family can get pancakes, eggs, meat, fruit and drink, and obviously photos with Mr. Bunny, plus a goodie bag if you're a kid at the event. That's Saturday morning and it's pay what you can. Volunteers are also needed if that's of interest. We'll throw a link in our show notes with more details. That's all for today here on CityCast Madison. I'm Bianca Martin. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell Your favorite food cart to subscribe to our podcast. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more stories from around the city. Talk soon. Mango Man.